Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So I'm not going to preach an expository message this morning as much as I harp on that. We're not going to preach that this morning. Um, not even sure you'd hardly call it preaching what I'm going to do this morning. Um, but I feel this is, feel quite certain this is what the Lord laid on my heart. Um, so how do you, how do you as a preacher get up here and, and you have people that have not been saved very long, you have people that are new to the church, you have people that are, their lives are falling apart, you have people that don't, how do you preach and, and, and give everybody what they want? Can I just tell you, if you're a preacher and you're trying to figure out how to do that, you could have mess it all up. And, and, and the reason I say that is I don't get to pick the messages out. I just have to trust that the Lord knows what He's doing. All right? And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And um, so if you look at the title, um, did everybody get handouts? Everybody get handouts? That, everybody good? Steve, get one? All right. A couple that need them there, Richard. If you need one, raise your hand. Brother Richard will take care of you. The title is uh, Your Next Step. So, while um, let's let's do this to get going. Renee was asking me yesterday about being lukewarm, and the Bible says that, that the Bible literally says that Jesus would rather you be cold, completely away from Him, or, or on fire, but He doesn't want you lukewarm. That's kind of an astounding. We're not going to preach on that this morning, but that's kind of an astounding thought. But but here's what I want to ask you th- this morning: at the Sandhill Church, if you're not going forward. You're backsliding. If you're not going forward, you're backsliding. There is no coasting. There is no sitting still. There is no just sitting there. You're moving forward. You're going backwards, right? And so we want everyone to move forward. And so that's what we're going to challenge you this morning is we want to hold. Now, if you could visualize this, I, I was going to do a little illustration. It just take a lot of time and I, I, I can just do it. Uh, just tell you what I was thinking, but if this entire if 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 we had the entire congregation here out in the front yard, we had the whole entire congregation lined up, and one of us took a step ahead, maybe two steps ahead, wouldn't really make that much difference, right? The church is still where it was, but what about if we had the whole entire church out there and the whole entire church took a step? You just moved the whole church. Does that make sense to anybody? And that's what we're going to try to get everybody to do this morning is, is to see that we need to take a next step. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that this message is for everyone. Uh, everyone that is here, I'm convinced that we, we need this. So don't, when I get into the subject, don't say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. Just, okay, just hold tight with me. It does um, be, belong uh, to everyone here. <clears throat> and I want to say this. Um, I really want God to move in a mighty way on this message, but I, I want to say this clearly, and I don't, I don't want to repeat myself, but I want to say this clearly because I want everyone to understand me. I don't want anybody here, everybody here, I don't want anybody here to do anything because the pastor asked them to. We, are we clear? Amen. I, if God leads you, I want you to move. If God doesn't lead you, don't do it because the pastor said so. 
Okay, we're clear on that? Uh, I, I want you to say, but here's my, here's my thought on that. I, I want to make it clear that I want you to do this for the Lord and not for me. And I, I'm not into manipulation and, and peer pressure and, and all that, trying to get people to do things. And, and so we can go on faith. I, that's, not what, that's not what we're here for. I want God to do a work in your heart. Because if you come down here to, to make look good before the pastor or whatever, um, that's going to last about till you get out there and eat, right? But if the Lord does a work in your life, that can last uh, uh, forever. But why would the Lord lay this so strongly on my heart if he's not dealing with anybody in the congregation? It would be like God didn't know what he was doing. So I'm stepping out on faith, believing that God's working in my heart, that he will uh, work on uh, working on the hearts of some of you. So again, this is I'm not going to really take a text and preach from it. I'm not going to expository preach this morning. Uh, just going to talk to you about church. And really kind of the way I feel, I guess, as I, as I thought about it, I feel like there's a lot of things happening. I feel like there's, a, there's just so much happening. And there's like three of you that know about it. <laughs> and I feel like the rest of you don't even really know everything that is going on. And so this morning, that is my desire, is that we kind of understand what is going on. But I will read it. I will read it. And this isn't really a text verse. I, I just wanted to read it and make a co couple comments. And then we'll just try to go down through this. And, and we're going to try and bring some Bible into it. So this isn't just Gary's thinking. Um, but... Um, See if we can't get what the Lord has. But you can just remain seated. I just want to read uh, Hebrews 13, 17. The <clears throat> Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, that for that is unprofitable to you. That's a very powerful verse. Um, last week was pastor appreciation. I just want to say thank you. All of the gifts, all the kind words, all the nice cards, all the things you guys did. I want to say thank you. And, and, it, and it genuinely meant a lot. I, I felt like, Renee agreed with me, but I felt like of all the past appreciations, it was the best one we'd ever had. The, the food, the decorations, the gifts, the, the, the services, everything. I, I felt like it was the best we'd ever had. But, but thank you. Okay, I appreciate it from all of you. I say that from the bottom of my heart. Um, I heard a I heard a preacher talking about, and I want to say this to the Sand Hill Church. I heard a preacher uh, on a podcast this week, and this guy was he'd been pastor for I don't know forty some years, and and you know an older gentleman, and, and he was he said, if you want to show your pastor that you appreciate him, here's what you need to do. And he named off about five things. And what he was saying is sometimes your pastor would much rather have you do what you're supposed to do than to give him money <laughs> is really what he was saying, right? And he said, if you would do these five things, he said, that would, that would show your pastor that you appreciate him. And I'm sitting there listening to that, and I'm thinking, you guys do every one of those. Every one of the things that a congregation should do to show the pastor you appreciate, you guys are doing it, so thank you. And I, and I appreciate that uh, from the bottom of my heart. And this verse here says, and this is what I want to say to the Sand Hill Church, this verse here says that if you will do what you're supposed to do, that I can do what I'm supposed to do with joy. Now what it says? In other words, I don't have to say, oh, it's so hard to be a pastor, and it's killing me, and I, these people are just, they're so hard. I can say, it is a joy to pastor the Sand Hill Church. And you guys have made it a joy because you guys are being what you're supposed to be. So I, I thank you for that, making this a joy for me to do this. But in this verse, it also says um, that I watch over your souls. Do you guys believe that? I have that responsibility before God that all the people that come to this church 
I am responsible for your souls. And it also says that I will give an account to God over how I watched over your souls. <laughs> so that's pretty heavy. And the Lord has really been stirring my heart over that lately. Just like everything that we do and everything that we come to last week at the preacher's retreat and just everything that I hear and come around, I keep coming back to this, that, that I am responsible for what happens here and I am responsible for the, for the church here and that, um, that, that leadership is what we are in need of here at the church. So, so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning some. So I want to ask this question. Has anybody ever heard Sand Hills is a little bit different? I, I, it's probably because I'm the pastor, but we're, we're, just, we're just different, right? We're, we're not the typical church. And I don't think we're the only good church. I don't think that at all. I think there's a lot of good churches out there. I don't think we're the only ones doing this. But I do think there are a lot of churches that are not doing some of the things that we are doing. And I think that Sand Hill stands out very often as you guys are different. In other words, there's a status quo that 90% of your churches fit into that little picture of a church. And we're like a great big square peg that just doesn't even come close to fitting into that, right? We, we just are not the norm, the status quo. Why is that? Why is that? Very, very serious, as serious as I can possibly be. Is there any possibility that that is because there is a calling on the Sandhill Church? Did, did Georgie's the only one that heard that? <laughs> Listen, is there any chance that we are different because God needs us to be different to do what He needs us to do? Because there's a calling for us to do. And, and, and it seems like a lot of times we want, we want to talk about Sand Hill Church, but we want to talk about the NOIC and the OCC and, and the events in Cassay and all the great things we do. And we do a lot of great things around here and praise God for that. But can I tell you, those are just, uh, those are like the symptoms of what's really going on around here. There's a reason we're different. It's not those things. It's not because we have a youth camp. Those are just the, the, the outbearing of what is inside of us. But we are different. I believe there is a calling on the Sand Hill Church. Not to be controversial, but I, I know what I'm talking about. The Sandhill Church was willing to change. How many of you know that's a curse word in a Baptist church? That is, that is a curse word. I mean, people don't like change. People won't change. In the Baptist church, you don't change, right? But here's what I know. I'm not saying stuff I don't know. I know what's going on nationally. I know what's going on in our denomination. I know what's going on in our state. And can I say it plain and can I say it blunt? The churches that have not changed are dying and they will cease to exist. You can get mad about that. You can not like it, but it is the fact. The churches that are not changing, they're doing it the way they did it in 1950. They are ceasing to exist. And we were willing to change some things because it is 2022. I don't particularly like the world we're living in. Anybody with me? I don't particularly like the world we're living in, but we are living in it. But God chose us to live in this time. And we have to, we have to do church in 2022. We're not doing church in 1950. And those who want to still do it in 1950 don't understand that's not why we're here. And Sand Hill was willing to change. So I believe there was a calling on the church. I believe that we were willing to change I believe we have very intentionally set out to focus on learning the Bible. You say, Pastor, every church does that. I beg to differ. That is not what every church does. And I'm not even going to get into that, but 
we have very intentionally set out that every time we come here, we will learn about the Bible, and, and, and that, that is, makes us different than other churches. And I want you to really think about this. Is it possible everything we've been through in the past, everything that has happened all throughout the history of this church, everything that's happened to bring us to this point was for such a time as this? Is that possible? We, we all get the, 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 the reference to the Bible. Um, um, Esther was uh, the queen. She had married the king, and, and they were getting ready to kill all the Jews. And, and, and there's just a whole lot of things that had happened. If you just look at all that God had to orchestrate to bring her to be the queen, and, and they were getting ready to kill everybody. And, and Mordecai said, you are here for right now to do this job. And now, now, this is what Mordecai said. He said, if you don't do it, don't you think God will just get somebody else to do what you're supposed to do? Now, think about that, people. What if God said, okay, I won't use Sandhill, I'll use another church. Is anybody following me? For such a time as this, you are raised up to do something for me. Okay? So hold that in mind. <clears throat> Everybody knows we had the pastor's retreat. I really, really appreciate so many of you last week. It was pastor appreciation. I know it was kind of crazy and visitors and guests and all that was going on. But so many of you said, how'd the pastor's retreat go? I appreciate that. It meant a lot to me. You guys cared. You guys said we were praying. You guys were very interested. And, and I just want to say it went great. We met down there with pastors and preachers from all the different churches, and we all came together and tried to, to learn how to preach God's Word, uh, to, to learn better how to be better preachers. And, and we had some older preachers there that had been pastoring and preaching for a long time. We had, we had some young guys there that were just learning. We had all different ones. But nearly everybody that was there, I think probably every single person was there, said, I needed this. Can I say, I needed this? I didn't go just to, to teach. I went to learn. But I needed that. But it was very well received, and it was so very clear, I think, to all of us, this is needed. Okay? It's needed to have things to teach uh, uh, those, the, those that uh, need, need some uh, direction. <clears throat> Here are some of the things I think that maybe everybody doesn't understand. I feel we are being called to do more to help other churches, okay? Uh, Brother Ben's going to be here. Most of you haven't met Brother Ben. He is the Executive Secretary of the State. Is that his official title? Um, it basically means he's over all of the churches in the state of Ohio. Um, he, he's a young guy. He just started doing this, and, and I, I've become quite fond of Brother Ben. And um, so... We went to the state association, the, me and all the men went to the state association, or not state association, the uh, men's retreat back in January, and I got all the guys together, and you women weren't there, for whatever reason you guys weren't there, uh, we, we, we got all the guys together, and I said, I really feel like the Lord is pressing us to be more involved in the state. Since that time, a lot has happened. Uh, so, so we we are uh, we have we have the conference, which is uh, um, a group of churches, uh, that they're, they're all kind of working together under, under the, the head of conference. Then you have all of the churches that are in the state, all the free Baptist churches that are in the state. And I don't remember that number exactly, but it's like 160 or something. There's all the free Baptist churches in the state. And then you have all of the free Baptist churches in all of the entire United States. Okay? Is it possible God wants to use us to help the other people in our conference and in the state and in the nation? 
Brother Ben, when you meet him, I don't know if you guys, I don't know what you guys think about Brother Ben, but when you meet him, he, he, his, the way he thinks it reminds me so much of me. But, but he, done had, he already has plans, and I'm sure he'll share them with us next week, but he already has plans. He, he, he met with me not too long ago. We, we went out for supper, and he said, Pastor Gary, he said, I think we can do this, and as a state, we can change the nation. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he thinks, right? And, and, and is it possible God could take little old Sand Hill, who, who is just a little, uh, little tiny church, and do great things that would, that would help the state of Ohio or that would help uh, the nation? <clears throat> I want to say this very clearly. This is not a downer. I don't want this to be a downer service, but I just want to make this clear. And again, maybe you don't know what's going on. Maybe you're busy with your own life and don't know. But I just want to say this real clear. Churches are in trouble. Churches are in trouble. Churches are closing doors. Churches are, pastors are resigning at a rapid rate. Uh, there, there aren't young preachers to come up and take their places. And, and the, the preachers that are doing it now are quitting. Churches are in trouble. All over, churches are down. The, the attendance is down. The morale is down. The excitement is down. The church is down. And, and praise God what he's doing here. So if if there are a whole lot of churches that are in bad shape and there is a church that is healthy, what might be the role of that church that is healthy? Right? To help the ones that are hurting. And, and so I want to consider that, that possibility that that is why we are here. I'm sure Brother Ben will, and again, I don't want this to be doom and gloom, but I'm sure Brother Ben will share this quite clearly with you. He's already shared it with me. But statistically, if things don't change... He, he's literally said these words, in 10 years, there won't be a church anymore. You say, preacher, that's an exaggeration. Well, I'm just telling you, things need to change. If we keep, if the churches are dying and the pastors are quitting and people aren't going to church and we continue to do that, something bad's going to happen. Now, I'm not painting the picture we're the only church doing good. Please don't misunderstand. That is not my intent at all. I am painting the picture. There's a whole lot of churches that are on life support. They have the, the, the life support hooked up, and, and they're about the flat line. And we possibly could help them. Is, is anybody, am I, are you guys with me? Are you, are you guys following me this morning? I don't know if you're paying attention or going to sleep. So... <clears throat> So that, I want us to think about that. So Sand Hill, I believe, is doing great. You guys, I've already said, you guys are, you make it easy for me to be the pastor. It's fun to be the pastor here. There's a lot going on. Uh, Josh just told you we're getting ready to go into a very, very busy season. It blows my mind. We're almost ready to start OCC and, 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 and all of the things that take place at the end of the year in this church. We have a lot going on. And then a tiny little break and then right back into the, to NYC. And just, it's just crazy. All the things that are going on. There's a lot going on here. The, the people, I looked around at you guys this morning. It looked like you guys were happy. The, the church is good. The crowd is good. You guys look like you're glad to be here. You're worshiping God. Praise God. You, we're not fighting amongst ourselves. We're getting along. Things. Are, praise God. Things are going good. Amen. Can I get an amen? Things are going good. So what's missing? What's missing? So guys, as a pastor, as I am accountable for this church, and as I watch over your souls, and as I see everyone getting along, and everyone being nice, and everyone being Christian, and, and here's a staggering thing. Bessie mentioned this a few weeks ago on Wednesday. But here's a staggering thing. This, this is, I, I would say that there's 2% of all the churches in the entire country that can say this, but do you know that we have almost as many people coming on Sunday night as we have on Sunday morning? That is amazing. That, that is not done anywhere. 
The big churches, 900 Sunday morning, 200 Sunday night. I mean, that, that's the standard. That's what every pastor knows. That. And a lot of pastors are saying we just can't have Sunday night anymore because no one will come. Well, we messed that up because people are coming. And almost everybody's coming Sunday night. They come Sunday morning. And it used to be Sunday morning, your big crowd, and then you got the little crowd on Sunday night. But that's not said. Why? Because God is blessing us. All the great things that are happening, is there anything missing at Sand Hill? And God has been working with my heart, and this has been heavy on my heart. And, and I don't know if you guys can relate to this or not, but it's one of them things that, that I don't know if the other preachers ever go through this, but it's like every, every time I listen to a preaching, every time I read something in a book, every time I open up my Bible, every time I talk to someone, I watch TV, and it's like everything I'm saying is saying the same thing to me over and over. And it's been heavy on my heart, and it's been doing So I believe what is missing at the Sand Hill Church with all the good we can brag about I believe leadership is what is missing at the church. And I, I would like to try to show you that this morning. <clears throat> Ever heard this saying? Um, I, I believe the pastor that said this is, is now uh, dead, but a whole lot of people have borrowed this. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If you have the best people anywhere in the country and you have poor leadership, that church isn't going anywhere. Right? And if you have a really good pastor and you have crummy people, it is possible that church will do well. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And that, and that really is, doesn't need to be argued. It's kind of an established fact. But would you guys agree with me on this? Uh, uh, not to rabbit trail too far, but would you guys agree with me on this? Let's leave churches out of it. There is no organization, no company, no, no organization of any kind that will prosper without good leadership. Is this true? Is this true? I, I think, not to, not to rabbit trail, I think it's kind of ignorant sometimes. I know it's just ignorance, but I think it's kind of ignorant sometimes. I've heard people say this. I don't understand why he makes so much money while we're down here on the floor doing all the work. We make 20 bucks an hour and he's making 150 a year. Do you know why that is? Because if he ain't doing his job, you ain't going to have a job to do. Does anybody understand that? that? That's how it works, right? If you don't have leadership... The, the company doesn't work, and that applies to the church as well. And so I believe, uh, I, I wrote this down, so I, so I put a little parenthesis in there. Last week we talked about uh, being careful about saying God showed you something, but I believe God has showed me this, and I put in parenthesis after showed, convicted me, <laughs> which is probably more accurate, um, that this is what is holding Sand Hill back. I believe not having leadership is what's holding Sand Hill back. <clears throat> So I want to try to explain it. The only reason I explain, I want to explain this next part is not everybody understands what has went on or what does go on and how we got to where we are. So I'd like to just give a little, little bring everybody up speed on why we are in a position we are in. I'd like for you to imagine with me we have a company. And, and whether it's, you know, whether Berdaren works, whether it's where I work, whether Terry works, whether Tom works, any, any, whatever company you find, it, it applies to every company there is. But I want you to imagine a company has a need for someone to run a department. Supervisor, manager, whatever you want to call them, they have a need for that. So they post it on the, for the thing, and all the employees come in, and there's no qualifications. You don't have to be competent. You don't have to qualify. You don't, don't have to do anything. You just have to sign your name. If you have a pulse, you qualify. So we need someone to run this department, okay? And you sign your name up there. Are you breathing? Yep, okay, you qualify. You, you can have this position. So you don't have any qualifications. You don't have anything. And they say, we want you to run this department. Furthermore, we're not going to teach you anything. We're not going to train you. We're not going to give you any directions. We're just going to say, go run that company. Go run that department. 
Okay? It's getting better, isn't it? Not only that, but you can tell them that department to do anything you want to, and, and you, you can just have full reign of it. And we require no results. If, you, if the department fails, hey, that's fine. If it doesn't do any good, we're not going to hold you accountable. We're not going to, you just do that there. Anything you want, we're not going to hold you, not going to have any requirements for your job. And on top of that, you can stay as the supervisor as long as you want. You can continue to lead 20 years. If there's no results and it's horrible, you can stay the leader. And we won't correct you. Now, everybody here, tell me, what would happen to that company? Hey, close the doors, right? I, I mean, there's nobody here that would disagree with me on that. that. That is as absurd of an illustration as I can give. But can I tell you, that's how most churches run their, their business. We need someone to run the youth. I'll do it. Are you qualified? We don't care. You can do it. You can have full reign. And by the way, the church voted them in. We better not say anything to them. They have all full authority. Can I tell you, my brain doesn't work that way. My brain doesn't work that way, but that's how church works. So as a young preacher, as a young pastor, I come in, I'm just a young kid, green and whippersnapper and didn't know what I was doing, but I knew how that policy worked. And people were voted in positions and they were not doing a good job. But I was told we voted them in, let them do anything they want, Church voted them. They have the power to do it. I said, no, they don't. Not if they're going to hurt this church, they don't. I'm responsible for this church. So I went to the trustees. I went to the people in position. I said, you're not allowed to do that. And they said, we were voted in, and we will do what we want to do. <laughs> and so obviously that caused a lot of conflict. Uh, the, to be fair about it, I was a young whippersnapper, and a lot of them were older, and you know, I was just a kid and didn't know what I was doing, blah, 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 blah. Point being... I don't believe it's okay to do things wrong whether the church voted for you or not. Did I say that? <laughs> and I, being accountable to God for what goes on here, am not going to let you destroy this church because the church voted on you. <laughs> okay? So, fast forward to 2022, here's what the result of that was. Not only did I make a whole lot of people mad, but here's what the result of that is. If you ain't going to let me do everything I want to do, I won't do anything. You do everything. And that's kind of how we got where we are. Does anybody follow me? If you won't let me make all the decisions, then I'm not going to do anything, and you can run it all. And that kind of resulted in everything that's done around here, I end up doing it. And can I tell you, that's hurting the church. That, that is hurting the church. It is hurting the church, me doing everything. Everybody remember that story, uh, in, I believe it's in Exodus, but when Moses was standing out. And from, it says literally from early in the morning when the sun came up till the sun went down at night, he would stand and judge the people. And his father-in-law Jethro would come along and say, what are you doing, son? You can't do that. You're making it hard on the people and you're killing yourself. Can I tell you that's good advice? <laughs> One man doesn't run a church. That's not God's plan, and it hurts things. So, so just, just a real, just so you guys are with me, I don't know if you guys are really, really listening this morning, what, you, you, guys, you guys are, um, I want you to make sure you're in with it. But, but just, just, just bear with me this morning. Is there anybody in this church that has ever come and talked to me about something that was really, really important to you, and it was like three or four weeks later, and I'd never got back with you? Anybody ever do that? I know you don't want to shake your head because you don't want to acknowledge Joshua. 
Okay, let, let's, let's, let's say this. Has anybody ever went and asked Josh a question and it been three or four or five weeks later and never got an answer? Okay? Now, now I only point that out for this. And, and, and you can take this as bragging if you want to. But I work as hard as I possibly can. I, I, don't, I tell her now, I don't have any more to give. I, I, it, it, I, I, if, I had, if it takes more, I can't give him. I'm giving everything I have. Can I tell you, we put Josh in as a full-time employee. I think he's doing everything he possibly can. And we're not keeping up. Can I tell you why? Two guys aren't supposed to be running this church. That's not God's plan. It's absolutely not God's plan. It's foolishness. So we need other people to run this church, okay? So that, 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 is, that is why we are having a problem at Sand Hill Church. <clears throat> so, we need to train leaders. Isn't that a novel idea? <laughs> we need to train leaders. So, Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians, we, we use this for our... Uh, model for the year, a couple years back. Um, but I want us to look at, at what this says. And I don't believe this is any, doing any harm to God's Word to apply this to leadership. But this is in, in Ephesians 4.11. <clears throat> and and, and this, this is speaking about Christ when He went to the grave and he, he set captives free and He came back out of the grave victorious and then He went to the church that He was getting ready to start and build and He gave them gifts after He came forth from the grave. And it said He gave some apostles and some prophets and some uh, evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's go ahead and read verse 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It says in those verses, if I could put it in, in a language you can understand, God gave the church leadership, pastors, to train Christians to do the work that he requires us to do. Is that not what it says? So I am here, we are here to train, to equip, to, to get you guys to the place where you guys can do the work of the ministry. And I believe that very clearly includes training leaders. We have to train people to lead the church. <clears throat> now, I, I think this is important. In the Bible... Uh, Mark 1.17, we, we can look at that real quick. Uh, but when Jesus was looking, if you know your Bible, when Jesus was looking for um, disciples, when he was looking for people to run his church, did he go to the, to the educated, to the highfalutins, to the people with a lot of ability and talent? Who did Jesus go to? To the common people. Can I tell you that's still God's plan? First chapter, First Corinthians, it speaks about God doesn't use the great things and the mighty things and the powerful things. He uses the small things and the simple things. That makes me happy because I'm one of the simple things. I'm one of the small things. He uses me, right? So he doesn't go after the big things. He goes after the little things. But Jesus, when he was making his life, he called Peter, James, and John the top three. Jesus, Jesus had all these thousands of followers. And on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 there, which tells me that that's about what he had that were really committed to him. And then he had 12 that he had handpicked. But then of those, he had three that he really spent time with. And Jesus, but Jesus picked common, ordinary people. Can I tell you, if you're here this morning um, and you're not talented and you're not the smartest guy in the crowd 
and you're not, don't know how to do everything perfect, you're a perfect candidate for God to do something with. Can I tell you what the Bible really teaches? If you're super smart and super talented, you're at a disadvantage. Is anybody with me? See, I think in church sometimes we think, well, he runs a company. He could, he could easily be a leader in a church. Not necessarily. You can be a great leader in the world and be a terrible leader in a church. It isn't about how talented or it is about are you willing to let God lead you. So God or Jesus, when he was here, he looked for the simple people and he used them. In Mark 1.17 it says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and what church? I will make you to become fishers of men. What was he saying? You're not that now, but I will make you that. That is Jesus' way of making leaders. He, he didn't look for the people who had it all together and were great leaders. He picked out the guys that couldn't do it, and he made them to do it. And that's what I'm suggesting to Sandow Church. All of you that are here, he's not, we're not looking for the brilliant people who know how to do everything. We're looking for common, ordinary people who say, I will allow Jesus to make me what he wants me to be. Amen? <clears throat> so we need to... If we're going to pick common, ordinary people, we need to set some clear expectations. This falls back on, on, on the leadership that we have now. If we're going to set someone in as leader, we need to let them know exactly what's expected of them. Very, very clear boundaries, very, very clear expectations. This is what you need to do. This is what we expect out of you. <clears throat> now, I struggle with this. This is probably, I will confess my sins, this has probably been my greatest downfall as a pastor we got to allow people to learn. Okay? See, the truth is, if I'm doing it now and I need to delegate it to you, it's going to be way, wor way more work for me to delegate it to you than to just do it myself. i got to let you do it. i got to train you to do it. i got to watch you do it wrong. Then i got to fix it after you do it. It's easier for me to just do it and not let you do it. But can I tell you, that's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. Because then what you get is what we got right now. You got people doing way more than they're supposed to be doing. So here's the thing, guys. We have to put people in positions and let them do it their own way. And let them mess it up. And let them make mistakes. Can I give you guys a news flash? You guys ain't been here all a long time. Josh has not always been like Josh is now. We think he knows how to do things. He hasn't always been that way. Right? Can I tell you? Not that I know what I'm doing, but can I tell you? I have not always been. I have not always been here. We. Ha what I'm saying is, everybody starts out messing up and t doing things terrible until they figure out how to do it. Guys, we got to be able to let people do that. And I know that's difficult. I know that's tough. And I know that's why we often don't have delegate. We don't delegate things because we don't want to be patient with them to mess it up. But guys, it's going to kill us if we don't. We've got to be able to allow people to do things their own way. <clears throat> so we're not going to micromanage them. We're going to let them do it um, their own way. But we're going to oversee and correct them. I want to spend a little bit of time right here. I may be living in a fantasy world. And after this message, I may find out that I was very foolish. But... It has been my experience in church, most of the time, if someone is doing a job and you pull them aside and say, the way you're doing that needs to change. They get their feelings hurt, they get puffed up, they get mad, they get defensive, they either want to quit what they're doing or I'm going to keep doing what I want to do anyways, right? And I just say, since I've been in church, there's been a very, very, very small number, very, very small number, who have humbly accepted correction. 
Can I say that needs to change? Now. That needs to change now. What I'm saying is if you're in a position to help the church, to lead the church, and you're not doing it right, and we have to say you can't do that, you don't get puffed up. You don't get mad. You say, okay, I will change. Now, this isn't rocket science, guys. When you get puffed up and mad, what is that? That is pride. That is just showing you are prideful, you are sinful. And what does humility say? I will humble myself and I will change. Guys, that's important, and we cannot have leadership if we do not have those that are willing to be corrected. And that's the big reason that we have struggled so much. Um, uh, Sister Bessie is not here um, this morning, but she has hounded me for this literally for years and years and years and years. But, but she was a manager in the world, just a slight difference, okay? And, she, and when someone would, I would put someone in a position, and this is going back you know, a long, 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 long time ago, I put someone in a position, they wouldn't do us right. She said, Gary, just go tell them they have to do it. See, the only thing is, I can't say you don't get paid next week if you don't do that. I can't say clock out and go home. <laughs> I can't say I'm going to write you up. All I can say is, if you love Jesus, you do this. I do love Jesus, but I'm going to do it my way, right? What I'm saying is, the, it's, not, it's not a workplace, right? I mean, if I was paying you guys 50 grand a year, I'd say, do it my way, honey, or go home, right? It, it, it's, it's my way or the highway, but, but I'm not paying you guys anything, and the truth is, a lot of times you got to beg people to do anything, so you got to tiptoe around so you don't hurt their feelings, so they'll do it. I'm saying let's change all that garbage. Let's get the, the flesh out of here. Let's get the garbage out of here. Let's throw all that stuff out the door, and let's grow up and be Christians. Let's be people who say, I will be corrected. I will do it right. I'll get my feelings out of the way. I will submit and do what I need to do, and I will humble myself when I am wrong. Guys, that is the Christian way. And I, I might be living in a fantasy world, but I believe that we are at a place where we can do that. And can I tell you how different that would be from almost any church there is anywhere? Because every church is full of pride, and I will do it my way, and I will get offended at you if you do not agree with me. I am saying, let's change that right now. Let's change that right now. And guys, that will, I believe, unleash what God wants to do at this church in a, a way that we cannot even imagine. So let's look just for a minute at what Jesus thought about leaders. This isn't new stuff, but I want to drive it home strong. Luke 22, let's look at that quickly. Uh, Luke 22, <clears throat> uh, Jesus has his, if you will, he has his leaders, he has his disciples, he has his, his three favorites. Uh, he, he wants them to run his church when he is gone, and they get together and they start talking about, well, I wonder which one of us is the best. I wonder which one of us will be the highest position. I wonder which one of us will get recognized the most. And word got back to Jesus, and he had a little something to say about that. <clears throat> Luke twenty-two twenty-four. <clears throat> and there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but ye shall not be so. Do I need to read that again? But ye shall not be so, but he that is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is the chief as he that doeth serve. Now, we've all been around church. If you've been in church any time at all, if you, if you were in church years ago, this is, this is the way it's always been. I want to hold a position, 
so everyone will look up to me. I have been in the church a long time. I want recognition. I want power. I want authority. I want that position so everyone will look up to me. Can I tell you that's sinful? Can I tell you that's evil and wicked? Can I tell you that's not biblical? Can I tell you Jesus would not be happy? It doesn't matter if you've been here 40, 50 years. It doesn't matter how long you've done it, what you've done, who you are. It doesn't matter. Are you humble? If you want it for power and position and looked up to, you are doing it for the wrong thing. Jesus literally said if you want to be a leader in the church, you bow yourself to be the lowest one in the church. And that's what I'm asking you guys to do. Because here just in a couple minutes, we're going to ask for, we're going to ask for some leaders. And guys, what you're signing up for is to be the lowest one. If you want to be a leader so you'll be looked up to, respected, and have some say-so around here, I don't want you to lead in this church. Is that too bold? I don't want you to lead in this church. If you're willing to humble yourself and be a servant, Jesus said he's, that's the one he's looking for. So let me tell you what this looks like. I'm trying to think of a good example that I could think of uh, for, for something in the church. And by the way, there were, we need a ton of leaders. But, let me, but let, I can't think of a good illustration of a, a particular area in the church. But, but say we set you over that position. Now this might be where we go astray right here. But can I tell you what I would expect out of my leaders? If you were set over a particular ministry, do you know who's working harder in that ministry than anybody else? You are. Listen, this isn't a guy who sits at the desk and tells everybody what to do and points fingers and, and gives out orders. This is a guy who's doing the work and other people are, are coming along saying, can I help you? Guys, that's leadership. That's Jesus leadership. That's humility leadership. And we're not looking for people to bark out orders and give commands. We're looking for people to do the work and serve. And if someone needs direction, they can say, this is what we're trying to do. Is anybody following me this morning? And this is what we need in the church. And so that's what we're looking for is those who will be servants in the church. Please don't leave me. This is so very important. <clears throat> Total commitment. Um, I, I, we won't take time to go over and read it. I want to I get through this. But Jesus was not looking for people that were kind of half in and half out. The, the scripture there in Luke 18, uh, they, they come to Jesus and Peter said, you know, we've left all and followed Jesus. And Jesus said, there's no man that, that has left his, his home and his wife and his kids and left everything he has and follow me that he will not be rewarded in this life and in the life to come. You know what Jesus was saying? You can't be a leader when your heart's somewhere else. You can't sign up to be a leader at the church, and I want to, oh, I want to, I want to run that ministry. But wait a minute, I got to go do this. I got to run to town. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I, I'll be back, but I can't. I, no, I got this here. No. This is first, or you're not doing it right. Now, you know, I work for a living, and, and my life is very, very busy. But anybody who knows me knows there's nothing more important to me than this right here. I wish I was here and didn't have to do anything else but be here. But guys, this is important to me. And I might tell you I have to go to work, and guys, I got to put food on the table. But I'll not tell you, well, I can't be here. I got to go do, I got to go to a ball game. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. If you're going to, you're not a leader. Is that too harsh? <laughs> is that too mean? Guys, listen, if the world is taking you away from doing your job here, you're not a leader. You're not a leader. You might be able to be a follower, but you can't be a leader. Because the leader says, this is the most important thing. Can you guys just imagine we're getting ready to go down to the Fall Fest in Castilla, and, and we come to Josh and Josh says, guys, i got to get out of here. i, I got to go to town with my wife. <laughs> you guys go have fun. i got it all lined up for you, but you, i got to go do my own thing. Listen, guys, that's not a leader. 
And, here, and furthermore, can I just tell you this? If Josh did that one time, you guys would never follow him again. That would be the end of that would be the end, right? If I ever did that one time, if you guys ever come out here and say, wait, wait a minute, guys, me and Renee's going to go, you know, we're, we got something we got to go do. You guys say, he's not my pastor. I'm not following that. Does anybody follow me here? Well, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about guys that will, that will put the, the, the church first. <clears throat> so what is the standard for Sandhill? We're coming in for a landing. I know, I know we need to... Bring this thing in for landing. I just want to set this forth as a standard for Sand Hill Church. So now I am saying that as your pastor, this is what I require of you if you want to be a, pa- a leader in this church. I want to say this. I am speaking to women. I am speaking to men. I am speaking to young. I am speaking to old. This is for everyone. We need leadership at Sand Hill Church. But if you want to be a leader, I will require certain things of you. It is embarrassing to me that I have to put this in the requirements and the standard, but I have to put this in the requirements and the standard. You need to love people. I have in parenthesis, kindness. If you're a leader, you have to love the people. If you don't love the people, you're really not a leader. Not in the church, you're not. And... I heard a story just this week, real quickly, I heard a story just this week of a pastor who was bellyaching about how hard it was to pastor the church and just complaining about how bad it was and how the people were so bad and everything else. And someone stopped him and looked him square in the eye and said, do you love the people? And he bowed his head in shame. He said, well, there's your problem. Does anybody follow? Listen, if I didn't love you guys, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. The reason I do this is because you guys are my life. You guys are my everything. I love you guys. Every, there's not a single person I do not love with everything in me. I love you guys. And so, guys, if you want to be a leader, you got to love people. That will, that will show kindness. Love is not biting their head off, telling them off, being mean to them, and then going to say, but I love them. That's not the kind of love we're looking for here. Okay? The kind of love we're looking for is you love them. And I can't even explain to you how I love you guys, but I believe God would give you that love for the people if you would allow him to. So we got to love the people. That's the first standard you have to have to be a leader at Sand Hill Church. <clears throat> we are going to do things right. We are going to strive for excellence. Uh, um, everybody that knows me knows I, I'm, I'm not willing to, to put the Lord's name out there in a, in a way that we have to be ashamed of. Now, I, I don't think I put this in your notes. I'll put it in my notes um, to the best of your ability. This might come as some shock. Guys, I'm doing the best I can. Okay? I'm not a rocket scientist. All right? I'm not that smart. I'm not that talented. I don't have a lot of ability. I, I don't really have a whole lot to offer here. I, don't, I didn't start out with a whole lot, right? But I'm doing the best I can. I, I, I can't do any better than what I am. What you see, this is as good as it gets. This is, this is who I am because I'm doing it all I can. And I will not be judged at someone else's what they have been given. I will be judged at what I So what I'm saying is we put you in a position that's not requiring you to do more than you're able. That's requiring you to do the very best you can. But no one has to be slotful. No one has to be doing it half, halfway. We can do things right and with excellence. And if you're going to be a leader, we, we expect that out of you, that you would, that you would do it uh, with excellence. You will be teachable and humbly receive correction. Uh, and, and I would just say this here, if anyone wants to be a leader, I, I will probably from this time forward, we'll set you down before we give you any authority. And I will sit you down and I will make you make an agreement with me. If I give you this position, are you agreeing that I can correct you? 
Because if you're going to get mad at me and get your feelings hurt every time we have a talk, I don't really want you in this position. Okay? Because I think that's what it takes to lift the name of the Lord high. And then we've already said this, you will make this your top priority. So if you're going to take something that's going to be more important to you than everything you're doing in the world. How this will work, real quickly, and we are done. How this will work... I believe we need to not only have leaders, but we need to put leaders in the right position. Real quickly, let me just say this here. This is a baseball analysis. I like baseball. Okay, I, don't, I know a few of you like baseball. Let me give you a real quick analysis on baseball. So I think this makes a whole lot of sense to get the point across. If we take, I, don't, I haven't been watching baseball, but whoever's, whoever's going to the, to the um, World Series, the best, best team in the major leagues, if we was to take that team and we was to, to put them up against the worst team in the, in the major leagues right now, with the worst record, if we were to play those two teams together, well, we say, well, there's only one little thing. Uh, the team that is ready to go to the, to the World Series, we're going to take your, all of your pitchers and we're going to let them bat. And we're going to take your catcher and put him in left field. We're going to put your left fielder on pitching. And we're going to put all of your infielders in the outfield. You guys who watch baseball, who would win that game? The worst team. Wouldn't even be close. They would clobber them. Now, we're talking about the people with the most talent and the best players on the planet would get creamed by guys that aren't really that good. Why? Because you wasn't where you're supposed to be. Do you guys get this? What is the, what is the, the correlation to church? Everybody has a certain personality. A certain, in other words, everybody here is not supposed to be in charge of everything. We have to put you where you believe. So if you say, I want to be a leader, we're going to try to put you where you belong, not maybe necessarily where you want to be, but where you could most be benefit to the church. Does that make sense to everybody? So you have a card there before you. I don't think I've ever done this since I've been pastor of the church. I don't think I've ever done this before. After today, I may may never do it again. All right. (laughs) Might be my one and only. Um, but we've already said, the, the, the card that you have in front of you, it says, my next step. So that is personal. That is for you. We have people here all different places. We have some in the church that's not been saved very long, just newly saved. We have some that have not been coming here a long time. Uh, we have some been here for a long, long time. We have, a, we, we have, all, we have some people already have responsibility for people all places. But can I just tell you, if you're in any of those categories, you need to take the next step. Can I get an Amen. You need to take the next step. In other words, if you just got here, take a step. If you ain't been saved very long, take a step. If you've been here 50 years, take a step. If you're already holding a position, take a step. Everybody, including the pastor, needs to take a step forward. Because, guys, if we don't do that, we are backsliding. Okay? Now, you can put anything on that card you want to, but here's a few thoughts for you to consider. I'm going to encourage everyone to write something on their card. I am interested in being a leader. That just simply means I'm interested in being a leader. That doesn't mean you're you're committing to anything. That doesn't mean anything is set in stone. That just means I'd I'd like to consider the possibilities of being a leader in the church. Men and women alike. Many people... I want to say this very clearly. Many people, uh, many of you sitting here have talked to me about being a member of the church. I've had have numerous ones that did. I think it would be really, really cool. I don't know if I'll get to do this, but I think it would be really, really cool if we, could, if we could take in about six or eight or ten or twelve of you all at one time. I think that would be really, really cool. Ah, that's just not super spiritual. I just think it would be really cool, all right? But there's a whole bunch of you who have said, I'd like to be a member. I want to, I want to ask you this. 
write it on your card. That's your next step. See, here's the thing. If you're not a member, you can't be a leader. If you're not a member, you can't hold a position. If you're not a member, you really don't do a whole lot besides go here because you can't, we can't give you any of this. I don't have the authority to give you a position because you're not a member. And I just want to ask this here. I, 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 please, I'm begging you. I said this beginning, so I don't want anyone to do this because the pastor's saying it. I don't like manipulation. I don't like any of that. I don't like it at all. But I just want to say this here. If this is where God wants you, why don't you make that commitment? Now, if God doesn't want you here, then you need to figure out where God wants you. If this isn't a church for you, then you need to find out where God... But I believe the Bible pretty clearly teaches God wants every Christian in some church. If this is the church, why not say, my next step, I want to be a member of the Sand Hill Church. That frees up all kinds of possibilities that you could be used by God. <clears throat> I would like to know more about being a member. You can write that on there. And that just simply means I don't know what that means to be a member. I don't know what that entails. I would like to talk to you about that. Now, if everybody here cannot be a leader, does that make sense? So what are we going to do if all of you guys become leaders? <laughs> we got nobody to lead. <laughs> Right? There, there's nobody to follow, right? So there's nobody left because everybody's a leader. So this message isn't for everybody to lead, and I don't think everybody's supposed to be a leader. But can I tell you that if you're sitting here and you say, I know that's not for me, I'm not a leader, do you know what your job is? This is rocket science to follow. If you're not here to lead, you're here to follow. There's two choices, guys. You're following the leader or you are leading, okay? And if we're going to ask a leader to humbly lead you and be a servant and not yell at you, they're not going to get very far unless you humbly follow them, right? Does that make sense? So maybe you just write on your card, I want to commit to being a humble servant. I want to follow the leader. <clears throat> maybe there's something, and this would thrill me to death, this would just thrill me to death if you could write this. Maybe there's something God has been working in your heart about. Maybe there's something that has just been eating at you, like this has been eating at me. Maybe God's been working with your heart. Maybe you haven't told a soul. Maybe no one knows about it, but God's been dealing with you. Something you need to do, something you need to stop doing, something you need to change. Uh, God's been working with you. Write that down. And I'd really like for everyone to hear this. You could possibly write this. I am already a leader, but I will submit myself to the correction of the church. We don't really have any trouble with anybody here, and I don't want to think anybody, I'm putting that in there because we had trouble. We don't have any trouble at all, zero that I know of. Um, but I just want to say this here. Even if you already hold a position, even if you're already a leader, you need to humble yourself, right? You know what my desire is? I, this, is this is really one of the reasons for preaching this. I would like to be able to submit myself to the leaders that are over me. And that's why we need leaders, right? But what I'm saying is, we don't get to the place, guys, where we don't answer to anybody. We don't get to the place where we just do it our way. We don't, we don't, we're not king around here. We have to be humble. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and bolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.